one run lead. I think we were kind of targeting Timmy at the top with you know their, their, the way their lineup is kind of rolled out. Um, and you felt you felt good with his stuff, right? So it's bottom of the order. Um, we're a little bit light in the bullpen today, so it was um, you know a spot that we trust Hosey in, and it worked out tonight. I mean, here's the thing, Kevin Barker. I understand that over the course of 162 games, there are going to be days. There are going to be many days. Well, maybe not many. There are going to be multiple days where a team's bullpen is um, is a little light, to borrow John Schneider's words from yesterday's uh, last night's 6-5 loss to the Red Sox. I get all that. But uh, here, here's my concern. Um. This is a team that in the month of April, and we've talked about this a lot, and indeed we've celebrated this. This is a team that in the month of April got more innings out of its starting rotation than any other team in baseball. I mean, it just did. This, with all due respect to the Blue Jays relievers, is hardly an overworked bullpen. Now, yes, the, the games against Seattle required some heavy bullpen use. But am I the only one that kind of scratching my head a bit about how Zach Pop, Eric Swanson, Jimmy Garcia, I can see maybe. Eric Swanson didn't pitch on Sunday. Kind of scratching my head about the bullpen usage yesterday. Now let you know, starting with and and look, the reason I think John Schneider's pretty clear. The reason Jose Barrios was left in the game against all those lefty hitters and the game got out of control was I I just I John Schneider only basically only had three relievers to, to use last night. And mm. my initial reaction as I watched that game, and I know it was the same as yours, I'm I, I'm going, they got they got they got seven of nine hit batters in the Red Sox lineup yesterday are lefties. Their mm-hmm. bottom three are lefties. Uh I'm going, okay. Jose Barrios you know, against Casas, McGuire, you know, Valdez you talked about, a guy who hit some home runs in AAA. That, it's not the strongest three left-handed hitters in, in baseball history. But, man, I, I I mean, I can't let that inning get away from me if I'm John Schneider. I've almost got to go to, to Tim Mays a little earlier there and then, you know, maybe try to get Mays. I, I don't know. I, you worry about the top of the next inning when it comes around. But uh, how, how did you view the bullpen? Yeah, let's leave, leave. Jordan Romano pitched the ninth inning through a 94 mile an hour pitch that Alex Verdugo hit out, hit out to win the game. But um, what did you make of that bullpen use? Quest is it is it is it concerning? Does it suggest to you that maybe there's some health issues that we're not aware of? Yeah, with Swanson issue, uh, this shouldn't be an issue, right? It, it, yeah, issue is the wrong word. Yeah, it's the wrong word. I, I, we have no idea. Like it's the 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 optics of the whole thing is why are you getting Tim Mays ready and ready quick. And can right? I just it's, also add? George Springer didn't play because of a virus, and I'm just throwing that out there. We don't know if somebody was down. You know, again, John Schneider doesn't have to tell us anything. I'm just saying we don't. Yeah, I have no idea. I just, we don't I, have. All, I just know Barrios wasn't real good. He threw 93 pitches. He threw 56 strikes. He had 19 called strikes. He th- he faced 27 batters. He threw 12 strike ones. He gave up a hit in every single inning. Yep. He faced 19 batters through four innings. Oof. If I'm John Schneider. I'm lucky to have the lead into the sixth inning. As soon as the lefty hit the home run and tied the game, it's go time. Okay. I, I, as soon as he walks Casas, he's out. 
I I figure out the pin later. I'm trying to keep that yeah, thing I'm close. With you. I'm with I, you. I, I I think that my team can score runs off the the other team's pitchers. I'm trying to keep this thing tied. Thank the lucky stars that Barrios got me that far. I mean, he wasn't real good. The slurve wasn't real. I mean, I, name something. It wasn't good. No. Like, he fought through it. Good for him. Like, the, the this Barrios last year would have fallen off the tracks. He'd have been two and a third, and you would have had to empty, and they'd have been making three well, moves today. This Barrios so, last this, year wouldn't have made it. He may not have made it out of the third inning. That's that's a fact. Just looking at that's that's yeah. a fact. It seemed to me like listening to John talk there, there was two guys available. That was Mason Pearson. He was trying to line it up. You get Barrios through the sixth. You got Mason for the seventh. You got Pearson for the eighth and the ninth inning. You sometimes have to adapt and overcome. I mean, I love John, but you're on the road facing a frisky lineup. They think they can hit. Whether they well, can they, or not, they think they can. Well, they, they, not, they think they can. They can. And, That's and, all that matters. And we talked about this yesterday. Their lefties are hitting. One thing about the mm-hmm. Red Sox lineup, too, they wear out starting pitching. I mean, they've not. Well, they didn't yesterday. But well, you, you got pretty damn that, close. That's what I said is you you gotta you gotta thank your lucky stars that he got you that far. You gotta have a quicker hook. That's why you're getting amazed. At least it seemed to me like listen to Dan Showman talk that it well, he wasn't down there lollipopping balls. He was trying to hurry up yeah, he so was, he could come in the game as he soon. He was pitching quickly, with purpose quick, in quick, the bullpen. Quick, quick, yes. right? He was trying to get in the game as quickly as possible, and then you don't use him. And sometimes you'd rather take him out too soon than too late. Took him out too late, they lose the baseball game now, that way. That's that's sort of what happens right on the road. Can I just jump in here, though? Do we know? I, of course, we don't know. I, I thought I saw Trevor Richards up in the bullpen. And one thing, Trevor Richard, trying, Trevor Richards has that change up, which, and, he, and he's he's been effective this yeah, year. Yeah, you didn't want to use him either. He threw 29 pitches the day before. You there didn't you want go. to use okay. him. Zach Pop pitched a, a two days in a row. You didn't really want to use him a third day in a row. So it seems like they had two guys because they didn't have Garcia and Swanson. They seemed to not have Zach Pop. They seem to not, you know, they they probably didn't want to use Richards, but he was up because he's Trevor Richards, and you're going to pitch when you're told to pitch. Period. Exactly. End of story. Yeah. Bass has not been good. Let's quite frankly say it how it is. You ain't bringing him in. No. You got two dudes. Me personally, I'd rather use the. Obviously, Romano was okay to come and throw on a mound, so you got him for the lead. So really, you have three Great guys. Point. Great you point. You have three guys. Yep. So if you can get, if you bring in Mesa, who's went more than an inning this year, give him four or five batters. They're all lefties. I mean, even if he, even if Alex Cora brings in Arroyo, are you worried? I'm not. I mean, he's right-handed. I know he is, but. Saying the fact is, Tim Mays is in the bullpen for a reason. He was getting ready for a reason. And I keep bringing back that John Gibbons thing when I was standing around the cage. And I walked up to him for some odd reason and said, why'd you do that? And he looked at me and gave me that little laugh. Like, sometimes I do it just so I don't have to answer the question. Case in point. It's one of those situations, right? If you got a dude in the pen, you'd rather use him too soon than too late. And that's sort of what happened yesterday And Again, we don't know everything that's going on, but we know who was used right? and let's, why they were using them and how good Nate Pearson looked and Jordan Romano was in the game. Okay. Let, let's, before we move on to the lineup, because there's an awful lot to talk about with the lineup as well. Lefties it wasn't aren't just real good a, in their lineup. Well, no, I keep waiting for that balance to manifest itself. By the way, the back leg line out. is 416-413-3959. It is open. We're going to go to it at 1030 today. Caleb Joseph joins us at 11 o'clock. And we'll ask the uh, don't want to one loss to the Boston Red Sox. I get that the first of a four game series, one loss to the Red Sox. I'm 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 interested though in what your take was, what your read was of the first month of the MLB season, and and you know that the game against Boston last night does that 
Do you have some concerns about the bullpen, uh, the, the bullpen or about the lineup? Do they manifest itself? I do want to get there, Kevin, but I do want to talk about Nate Pearson first. I don't want to gloss over what Nate Pearson did last night. Again, this is more like the Nate Pearson we wanted to see. Hit 100 a couple of times, dropped the curve in. I really like that curve. Two innings. Um... Yeah, other than the velocity, I'm not real sure what the curveball bringing. I mean, it's a it's a pitch that will give you separation rather, between the velocity. Wouldn't you rather have him throw that in the slider? Wouldn't you rather have him throw that in the slider? Very good. Well, I like, I, I like, I like the hundred. Yeah, I, like, I like him giving two, you two outings doing, and doing it a little vinegar. Struck I mean, out at Andrew Benintendi on it. I mean, you're you're I, making a, it's I, not like a slop I, pitch. I understand that. His velocity's better. He's doing it with confidence. He's earned the right to be a big leaguer. All of those things add up to him pitching the way he's pitching. You love the velocity. Like, he's he's not a finished product yet with the secondary pitches. He's not. He's trying to find his way. But that velocity on that heater plays. He can elevate that thing, which is a big deal. He's a giant human on the mound, which that lane, it's very hard for a hitter with a giant dude to set your eyes a little higher and tail north and south. It just is. I used to try and do that. It's very hard to do that. So if he can elevate that, keep that thing at the belt at 100, it's a great pitch for him. The The secondary pitches are a work in progress. Is it a slider? Is it a curveball? The curveball separation and the velocity is really, really good. That would mean he doesn't have to throw it all the time for strikes. Get it close. Mm-hmm. Put it in that good hitter's mind that he can throw it, and now you're going, uh-oh, I got to gear up. Now I can maybe get out in front, have some weak contact on the breaking ball. You can't argue what he's doing. Like, he just looks different. The optics of him, and I'm okay now. You okay? I'm sure fans of the Blue Jays are okay yes. when he comes in the game. Oh, yeah. I'm okay with that. I mean, I kind of like it. I, you know, we use the word conviction a lot, and that's one thing I'm seeing from him with his fastball. I, he's it's easy. Yes. He's not trying to throw 100. Yes. It's just coming out it's 100. coming out 100. Which is kind of nice. means mechanically, mentally, everything that he wasn't doing a year and a half ago, he's doing now, which is kind of nice. And and you like him in this role. Can they I, can run with it. They want him to. Can I just ask you one thing about, because there is that thing in baseball about using your closer in a tie game that, that, I mean, you know, there, 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 pe- mean, people talk about that dude comes out and, and it's different than when you're protecting a lead. I, I don't know. I've never closed a game. I've talked, either. I've talked to closers who, what are they? Saying? Absolutely. Yeah. I've, I've talked to guys who said, absolutely. It's different when you come out and you got a one run lead. I've had other guys say, I mean, my job's to pitch, but especially now the way baseball is now manager asked me to, Coming in the seventh inning with the bases loaded of an important game, I got I, I got to do that. I, I'm just wondering if I, that's a thing because Jordan Romano has yeah. come in in games where oh, it's boy. not a safe situation. Well, boy, fingers crossed playoffs he's going to have to. They will abuse him in the playoffs. Tie game. You have to abuse your closer in the, in the playoffs. Inning, they, they will. Because so you really don't used to it. I mean, you hate to say this, and it's you never would say life. Exactly. You you really it's the playoffs. You do Absolutely. not care. You, you, you pitch do your not best, care. You pitch your best guys yeah. as much as you can possibly pitch them. I hope not. I mean, the mile per hour was down. It was ninety three point eight miles an hour. Center cut, middle, middle to a left handed hitter who is risky. Like um, he's trying to prove some things to the Blue Jays. Like well, and, yeah, I'm pretty good. Yeah, you know that stuff I'm gonna I be said. Here for, I'm gonna be here for a long time. And you know his, that stuff Ramona's I said about average, Alex Manoa. I'm 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 ready to back 96.8 it up. Ninety six point eight was the average on the heater. Ninety three point eight is good hitting. You can pull that. You're not going to foul that off. That's the difference in a 1-1 count. So, yeah, you hope that's not the case. I'm going to give you the answer. I have no idea. But for the Jays' sake, as much as he means to that pen, and he will help them go where they ultimately want to go, better figure it out. All right. They did lose 6-5 in a walk-off. 
So they scored five runs. Bo Bichette. I mean, they scored three of them. Scored three of them. Hard <laughs> at a home run. But he had a home run. Five hits. Oh, he's good. He's had two five-hit games in his first 29 games this year. You got to go back to 1954 and Wally Moon to find a younger MLB player to do that. He's got three. Wally Moon's a great name. Five-hit games in his career. Two of them so far this year. I, I, I mean, it, that was Bo Bichette. Not a bad plan to hit velocity the other way and pull the breaking ball. It's not a bad. It's not. That's not a bad plan because you see everything that he pulls for the most part is all speed stuff. I mean, it's tremendous plan. Keeps you behind the baseball. Uh, he he op- clears the front hip, which is what you have to do if you're a guy that leads with your back elbow to hit velocity to keep it fair. Uh, he has tremendous hip rotation. He has bat to ball skills. He has bat speed. That allows him to inside out 99 the other hmm. way, keep it fair. Uh, it's it's elite stuff. Um, all right, that's the good news. We've got to talk about we've got to talk about the lefties. I don't know what else there is in to say. Lineup. I mean, I, Kevin, I, I look I he, there, a couple of things last night. Brandon Belt was allegedly brought here to drive in runs. Not be pinch hit for the not be pinch hit for the bases loaded with a righty, a righty on, the on the mound. No, we saw that last night. Alejandro Kirk came in, and I, I I'll tell you, what, let me. I, I would have done the same thing if I was. I John was going to ask you what, what what if what if John had not had done that it's same, and he would have punched out for the fourth time. I, I had no. Would I had yelled and screamed about why didn't Kirk come in the game? Yeah, I have no problem. I, I have no so problem bringing Alejandro Kirk into the game there. No. I mean, he's he's uh, bailed his four for his last twenty three with eleven Ks. He's zero for three with three Ks yesterday. What else is there to say? Right, it's. Right now, he's bringing really nothing. I mean, defensively, he's a really good defensive first baseman. You can tell that. But Off- he's, offensively, he's right now bringing nothing. Like the, and, but I don't even. <laughs> I know. I it's, I don't it's even know thing. where to go with that. Like I don't. Let like, me ask you this, Kevin. It's, it's it's for me. It's mechanical. It's not what he's swinging. He's been around long enough to know what he should yeah. and shouldn't swing at. It's not that he's getting good pitches to hit. What if he's just. What if he's just washed up? What if he's done? I mean, the numbers would tell you that that might be the case, but I will ask you. I mean, it's not like he's being over. It's not like he's being overmatched by 90. Kevin, he's overmatched by 92 at times this year. Yeah, it was 88 yesterday from, it was 88, Jeff. 88 miles an hour. I'm just looking up to see how many at-bats he has because I've not looked that up. He has 62 at bats. He's hitting 161. He's got a home or five RBIs. He's got an OPS, if anybody cares, of 509. 62 at bats. Now, if he did have another start and he went three for three, we wouldn't have this conversation anymore. This is why I mentioned we this still might. with the 62 at bats, right? One good game could, could get but you But he's rolling. had a good game, too. He has. He but has two, had but, a good game. He's had, had so many separations between yeah. the good one and all the bad ones that it's the when you have a good one and you go four for 23 with 11 punches, it sort of washes away the good one you have because you've only had one good one. That's the thing, right? Is he's got, he, he's, he's, it's very odd the way his setup is. He's, he's very tense. His shoulder direction when he starts is towards the shortstop, which would mean your first move is. You have to get out of that. That means your barrel is in and out of the strike zone 
real quick, which means you missed the baseball by a lot. So it is very odd the way he starts his upper half, and he has lots of hand movement. Like when he squats, his hands follow, and then you got to get him back up. And when you try and get him back up, you can't. Right now you can't, and it sort of looks the way he looks. He's not the issue for me. If you're gonna, we're Dalton Varsho here. You see, fifth. If you're, or fourth. he had fourth, he hit because, fourth because George, George Springer, Springer was well, out with the virus. He would have hit fifth, right? So they were moving right. him back, and they wanted, even against the righty, they wanted their four best hitters up front, which give them credit for that. But for me, when Kirky's playing and Whit Merrifield's playing, Dalton Varsho right now cannot be hitting anywhere in front of those two guys. Can't. Sorry, there is no balance right now. No. We can we can honestly say that there is none with the way the left-handed hitters are looking. Kevin Kiermaier sitting in a nine hole. His job is just to get on base, create havoc when he gets on. Like, go first to home. Kevin. Do that when nobody else should be doing Don't. it. Do that. So he doesn't really count for me because of the way he plays defense and him being a center fielder. His benefit for me is more defensively than it is offensively. But with Dalton. Dalton Varsho came up yesterday in the eighth inning. Two on. Runner in second after a second error from Kike Hernandez in the inning. Matt Chapman walked. Alex Cora, I, I'm sitting. If Dalton Varsha was on a roll, if you're Alex Cora, you're looking Absolutely. ahead there. Maybe you get a you got, you got to get a lefty. Um, you got to get somebody ready for Dalton Varsha. Where are you walking, Alex? Oh yeah, Alex Cora said nah. Swings at the first pitch. I was right down the middle. Flies out the left pitch. field. It's inning a good pitch over. To hit. But I mean that, that's that's, what, that's, what you that's do. your your lefty. That's your, what you do when you're struggling. Your lefty cleanup hitter on the night is scuffling so much. That with the game on the line and two on, the other manager, just, you know, who's out there? Leave him go. Let him go. I mean, you've watched and played enough baseball. The opposing manager will tell you what he thinks of your lineup. Yeah, everybody struggled, too. we got to remember that. Yep. Everybody, everybody struggled. Sure. And, a lot, and a lot of this, again, I've said this to you. Why, but, did they, why did they start him off hitting cleanup? It's not a good place for him. I've told you this. And I, I understand the Brandon Belt and the way they he's were winning looked. games. They're Another, winning well, games. Who cares? It's not about, it's about the player being good all year. I've told you this. It's a lot of pressure to ask a guy. And I, I have to say this with all due respect. They're winning this games, and they have. They're winning games, and they. Nah, they're winning nah, games, and they not. don't. They're winning games, and they don't have any other option. That's I, why I, of he's course there. they do. Matt Chapman got off the one of the best starts in the history of baseball. Absolutely, they did. That's not an excuse. Alejandro Kirk did it all year last year, or most of the year at cleanup. I know he didn't have a spring training, but so what? That's my point is that now, after the 102 at-bats and the way the at-bats look, he looks exactly like a guy should look when they're struggling. When they're thinking of it and their mechanics are a little off, they get a good pitch to hit, they don't hit it right, and it goes to the left fielder. Or they chase because they're in between because they're thinking more about their lower half and where their hands should go than see ball, hit ball. That's And now it's... What do you? How do you do it? Like, how do you? Because he's going to again. It's he's only got 102 at bats. I, I say that because that's sort of when you're hitting, and you get all. We talk. We've had a, a couple of really good hitters on this show who've said the same thing. Some would say make changes quicker. Why are you doing the same thing over and over and over again? I, that, that's the, like the the lower half thing where you stride separate. It's a tough thing, right? You get you get very stationary. You're starting, stopping, and trying to start again against velocity. It's very hard to do. You know what you do? Your barrel dips. It's playing catch-up a lot, and your barrel is below the baseball, and you tend to miss it. And where do they throw him? Up. Because they see the exact same thing I see. So, yeah, 
I mean, he's either going to have to do two things, change the lower half or stop swinging at the ball up. The uh, Red Sox had a 2-0 lead nine pitches into the game. Alex Verdugo led off with the double. Masataka Yoshida doubled. I wanted to ask you about Masataka Yoshida. Uh, Justin Turner singled him in. That's the first game we've seen him. And he was the Red Sox big free agent yeah. signing. Rob Bradford told us that if you look at him physically, he looks he does physically he looks a little like Dustin Pedroia. He looks like a Red Sox. I, I mean, I, that's the first thing yeah. I saw him. The way he acts in the outfield, the way he catches balls, he's got a little bounce in his step. Like he looks like he's got an attitude. Like he's left-handed. He, he, he see him hit a double off the, that green monster. I mean, it's perfect fit. He's already changed his lower half. I wanted to ask you, you know, about he's that. Like, you, well, he's opened up a little bit. He's raised his hands up. You know what you do? You make adjustments. The quicker you make them, the better chance you got of hitting baseballs hard. Why let it fester? 102 at bat. Can I ask you a question as a left-handed hitter? Because you see so many right-handed pitchers. Is it? Is it? Does that? Does it make it easier for a left-handed hitter to make adjustments than a right-handed hitter? I would think so. I think it's about understanding what you don't do well and how do you do it better. Because at the big league level, that's what it is. Now they're attacking weaknesses. Dalton Varsho, the elevated fastball. It's real simple. He knows it. Everybody else knows it. You know it. Any fan of the Jays knows it. How they're trying to get him out. You know it. Now it's up to you to make the adjustment. You're either going to lay off that, give yourself some way to lay off it, or now you got to figure out somehow either to cheat, get the head out, hit that thing a thousand feet foul, just to say, hey, I figured out how to hit that now. You're going to have to do something different. That's what that's what the big leagues is all about, right? It's the ones that don't, like me, don't stay around long. The quicker you make the adjustments, the better off you're going to be in you know, again, we, we've, we've known this coming in that it's, what are you going to get from Dalton? He's just, that's, a, that's a hard thing to do. Leg kick, you can't do that to stride separation. Those are two, those are opposite ends. Leg kick is more of I'm almost picking it, sitting and spinning because I'm a pull hitter trying to create loft. You know, I want to I want to be more 60-40, 60% weight on my back leg, 40 in the front leg, which creates loft in my barrel, which gets the ball in the air to the pull side. Maybe I'm that guy. Now, all of a sudden, I'm a stride separate guy. I got to be better with my back hip with rotation and have a flatter bat path because he wants to hit more, put balls more in play and use a little bit more of the entire field. A lot, it's a lot, Jeff. Like, did you, anything in spring training that would tell you that he was the cleanup hitter for the Toronto Blue Jays? Other than the fact they... It's not his fault they didn't have anybody else. No. Anything that you saw in spring... I was up close and personal. I saw it. And that's why I said when you asked me, when I was standing around the field, it's probably Brandon Belt. It makes more sense. He's an older <sighs> guy. I understand. Obviously, now you're not saying that. I was saying but that to back start then, the too. season. I was saying that what, back then, because, too. Because I think that's what they wanted from Dalton is... Down the road, when he figured everything out and was just doing everything right and hammering baseballs, then you slip him into that slot and you take off that way. But you have a veteran guy who's been there and done it before who can protect Vladdy, get a big hit when you need it. Made a little bit too much sense. If it didn't, why would why would they bring Brandon Belt here? To hit sixth? I oh, come on. So that's that's uh, man. Again, I'm not trying to be hard hard on Dalton because he's only got 102 at bats, and you can turn this thing around in a hurry. But they're going to need him, and I and I would think with Kirky in the lineup, with Whit Merrifield in the lineup, with Chapman playing every single day, with the first three guys, whenever 
George Springer gets back? Where Where is he fitting in? Is he better than any six of those names that I just mentioned? Right now, today. No, before anybody asks, Addison Barger at AAA is hitting 237, 662 OPS, 27 strikeouts, 10 walks. He's got a homer and four doubles. Just because I know someone's going to say, isn't there? And I'm just, just throwing that out there. Just throwing that out there. And it would help, too, if Vladdy in big spots would get go on a heater and hit a lot with runners on base. A lot. That's it's weird. Hitting, I mean, he's making two, he's making two fifty. I don't care. He's hitting he's making hard contact. He's sitting, sitting two fifty with runners in scoring position. He's got one homer. That that's the thing, right? Whenever you're hitting guys around him, and he's supposed to be the aircraft carrier, the person. When those big moments come up, that's when he is. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying he hasn't been having gotten off to a great year. He has. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that Devers has almost thirty RBIs. Vladdy doesn't. I mean, I don't know any other way to say it. Like, that's what I'm saying is when you're – that those are sort of situations is when you want to be one of the best hitters in all the baseball, and I'm not saying he's not, but I, this is those are sort of the times right on the road. You get a big spot. You come up. You're the guy. You're That's when you have that don't overswing on a ball that you should hammer trying to do too much. Because isn't Vladdy past the trying to do too much? That is a great point. That's, that's a great like he's point. Past that's, that, yes. Like I didn't. Didn't we hear John Snyder at the beginning of the season said he was trying to? Is that what he said? Yeah. Trying to, Vladdy. Vladdy trying to. Vladdy hard? doesn't have anything to prove. I don't understand. Vladdy doesn't past have anything. The, to I prove. tried too hard. Right. Yeah. Ah, that's all I'm saying. Four one six four one three three nine five nine. That is the back leg line. Questions, comments, suggestions, salutations, criticisms, recipes, directions. Huh. Whatever you got for us, we'll take them. We'll take them. We'll go to the back leg line next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so just before we go to the back leg line. Why are you hiding? I'm hiding. I'm concerned about spilling liquids. Oh. Damn it. A little bit of news we need to uh, discuss. Aaron Ooh. Judge was put in the IL yesterday with the right hip strain. The Yankees basically have their entire. Yeah. That's tough See the one. way they lost last night? Two unearned runs, walking off. Walk off. But they walk. scored two runs. Ugh. Not the pitching's fault. No, it isn't. Um, Aaron Judge is on the IL with the right hip strain. The uh, Houston Astros put Jose Urquidy on the mound or on the IL with right shoulder discomfort. And last night, uh, Luis Garcia left the game uh, with soreness in his throwing elbow. After just eight pitches, he will have an MRI. That's never good. Forearm, elbow, 
So already with you know, Justin Verlander with the Mets right now, mm-hmm. uh, if they're if they're with Odorizzi and Garcia, so much for those of us who thought the Astros would go to the World <laughs> door be wide open. They got they got a lot of the door got, be wide open for the given, they got given, a lot of talent on their team. Given and Jacob in their the, organization, yeah, given they to yeah, given to Grom's injury status though, it's a, that you know the question may be who They're has the, the Rangers uh, in there, who has uh, wow, whose pitching is going to be? We'll see. Solid enough to hang in there. Robbie Ray's out too for this. So the three teams in that division have had significant yeah. pitching, significant pitching injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is no bueno, no, to say the least. Uh, wanted to talk to you one thing about Brandon Belt. Supposedly, well, I'm not going to say supposedly a great. That's that's not fair to him. He is a very good defender. He's a very good defender. Last night, though, was he was not good last night. Last night, that, okay, uh, talk the to me a little base, bit about that play. Well, the pickoff, the, the stolen pickoff, base, yes. especially when you're left-handed. Righties, you see Vladdy a lot of the times, if they ever pick somebody off, it's like almost you can hear everybody on the bench say, come and get it. Like, you want to make gain ground on the baseball. What that does is, before you actually catch it, sets the angle to the second baseman. To now that I don't have to catch it, take a couple of steps forward, and then throw it. Because what's that runner taught to do? Almost weaving. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not supposed to, but but you're taught to do it. Like, it's yeah. okay to run one time and sort of creep in closer to the grass in the infield. That's what you're taught, taught to do as a runner. As a first baseman, especially when you're left-handed, just come and get it. Almost run to the ball, set your feet throw a bullet to the second baseman, the guy's out. There would be no issue of hitting it off his shoulder or his helmet or his back, any of that. And for a veteran guy just to not get, I would say not know that because that's too strong. Failed to execute Well, it. he's a human being. He knows that he is four for 23 with 11 strikeouts. I told you, these guys are hitters first. And when they're not hitting... This is why the Varsho thing in the outfield is kind of intriguing because you haven't really seen that on the bases, him stealing bases. You can tell it's not really bothering him yet because no. they're giving him a lot of chances, and I'm sure they're having conversations that we're in your corner, kid. We're going to keep running you out there. Like, don't worry about that. You'll figure it out, all those kind of things. So, yeah, I just uh, look. I don't want to be hard on Brandon Bell because he's a, he's a champion. I, mean, I think we forget that. Like, there's respect there, and I will always respect that. But his numbers, you can't hide those. And when you're not doing things that you're supposed to be doing, then the defensive side of it, you have to make every single one of those plays all the time. And it's little things. Like, that is that is baseball 101. That's what you learn in high school. Come and get it. Set your angle. Throw a BB to the second baseman. The guy's out. It's easy. Thanks for the out. I appreciate it. Getting picked off. And it did. Let's go to the back leg line, shall we? 416-413-3959. That's right there on that piece of paper. Yeah, no, I got that. I I wanted to uh, I wanted to leave a little time uh, so that our producer Mark Boffo could tell me the name of the caller uh, and where he's, he's doing from. a great job of this. He is. He is. And in point of fact, he told me Sean and Guelph has called up Sean. the back leg line. Two quick questions. Just wanted to know a little about your thoughts um, on the Baltimore Orioles. I know you talked about them today on the show. Just wanted to know how much of an actual threat you might think they might be. And then I'm noticing that. Uh, Bichette tonight uh, with the first game against Boston, he's really thrown with like a like an underhand throw, and I've noticed him do it a lot. Um, you know, from the uh, the shortstop position to first base, and it just didn't seem like it has a lot of power to it. And it's you know at times he's kind of failed it. 
uh, a little bit over Vladdy and stuff. I just wonder if you guys think that was a bit of a concern. Anyway, awesome show. Listen to it every day on the way home from work on the podcast. Uh, keep it up. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Sean. Thank you, Sean. Mr. Barker, I'll let you. Well, the bow, we'll do the bow thing first. The, the bow thing, I think a lot of his arm angle depends on where he catches the baseball. Right? If he's moving side to side occasionally, he'll have to because his feet's not lined up to where he wants the ball to end up. His arm angle will be a little different. Right? I mean, the perfect scenario is every single time that it's over top, he's driving down and through it, he falls his throw. But being a shortstop, you know well as anybody, Jeff. You can't do that all the time because of where you're catching the baseball. And now there's no shift. You're moving more side to side. So the arm angle will be a little different with him, I think, more than normal. Me, I've given up on even thinking about his yeah, defense I, anymore. He rakes. I'm going to enjoy that. I mean, yeah, okay, he's a human being. Occasionally, he's going to chuck a ball in the fourth row. And you just go, well, you know what? He's going to get five hits tonight. I'm gonna, I'd rather see the five hits and deal with the chucking the ball in the third row and not worrying about it anymore. So, yeah, I look, I, I know for a fact that Louis Rivera has worked on footwork when he's getting the grip out of the glove instead of doing it on the run and up around where he's wanting to release the baseball just so the grip is where he exactly wants it and Normally, nine times out of ten, if not ten times out of ten, the ball will go where he ultimately wants it to go. I've given up. I'm not even thinking about it anymore. No. I'll t whatever he's doing right now, keep doing it. Absolutely. Uh, however you're throwing it, I don't care if you're going to bounce it off your head, keep doing it yep. if it's working. And I've said this about Bo in the past. I think Bo is a streaky defender. And there are times. He's a hitter first. There are times where he's going to go into a fielding funk and he's going to make an error and then the next two throws aren't going to look that great. And then he may make another error. Then he's going to 10, 12 games without making. I mean, it's just, I'm with Barker. It is what it is. He's not moving to second base. So, I mean, just live with it. And Kevin's right. There might be two games this year where he cost them with his defense. He and might Garrett lead the American League Three times in a row, three years in a row, and hit. it's yeah. it's hard. Well, it's hard for us to even talk about him anymore. Like yeah. he's 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 an elite off like elite yeah. offensive player. Yeah. So yeah, and, and, and the Orioles thing, absolutely. They're, now they're, they haven't played. They, they had they haven't. They've got a run of games. They've got like twenty games coming up against teams that are five hundred or better, I believe. Um, but you know. I, I thought about this a bit yesterday when we were talking about the Orioles. Here's the thing. What are they doing this year that is so outrageous? The bullpen's good like it was last year. The starting pitching's better than we thought it was. The hitting, we talked about this in the offseason. That's not the easiest. Ask the Jays how easy that freaking lineup is to pitch to. It's not. It's not. No. So if... if They beat bad teams. Yeah, but... Which is the start of a good absolutely, team. Absolutely. But yeah, if they yeah. were doing it in a way where I'd go, I've never seen this before. This is exactly what they did last year. They brought young guys up. Young guys contributed. They managed to find guys in the bullpen who come in and nobody can hit. What does surprise me about them is even though they're playing against... They played against largely crappy opposition... I mean, I was really underwhelmed by what they did with their starting pitching in the offseason. And even against crappy opposition, bad starting pitching sometimes hurts you. And, and they're keeping it together. Listen, I don't think they're going away. I don't I, I'll tell you this. Rushman's really good. Kevin, uh, I don't think anybody in this division is going away. I think this division is what it is, and it's going to be what it is mm -hmm. for the next five months. It just is. Because the Yankees are going to get healthy. I don't care if the Yankees are 13 games out at some point in, in this month. They're going to get healthy all of a sudden. 
The Red Sox, we've already seen what they're doing. So this is this division, and, made, and, made, and nobody's you, going away. You made a great point about the Orioles yesterday, about the organization as a whole. If they're in this thing at the All-Star break, oh, what will they do? That what That is the big – they they have a plethora of young talent that they could give up to go out and get a better starting pitcher. Do they think that they are one starting pitcher away? Do they think they are one bat away? Do they think they are an extra, you know, eighth inning no-brainer away to go with Batista? Like there is – that's the thing, right, is, is where does their organization think they are or do they think they're one year away? Uh, that is the question, right? They're they're there. Like, they don't have any pressure. They've got a bunch of young guys who are trying to prove themselves. They're very talented. they got a manager that just seems to fit. And I continue to say that it's helped the pitching with those fences moved back at home. It really has. It, it seems to whatever give them confidence that they can attack the strike zone, which is a big deal. The American League, you can't walk, dudes. Well, baseball, you can't do that. They're doing a better job of that. And their offense is a pain in the you-know-what which is their balance, Jeff. Like they have mm -hmm. lefty, righty, lefty, righty, and their lefties are good. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. It's a great question, and I do. And now, again, the next 22 games will tell you a lot about the Orioles because they're about to play some really good teams, like the Braves, I think, are coming in. They're going to play some good teams, but I don't see why not. Yeah. They can hold the lead. They got enough bull. They got enough bullpen, and they got a really good catcher, which seems to be a big deal this time. Just does. It's a big deal for an organization. Let's go to Chris and Sylvan Lake, Alberta. Home, by the way. Awesome. Home, by the way, of Lyndon Rush, Canadian Olympic bobsled. Wow. Medalist. How about you? Friend of the show. You oh. listen. He's big Jays fan. Wow. Big Jays fan. Good. Absolutely Learned huge Jays. Today. Fan. There you go. Kevin, I'd like you to look at the situation of the umpires and this. <laughs> I'll just leave the thing. room. I've umpired men's senior baseball for years, and I call a pitch where I see it. Uh, I'd really like you guys to get an umpire on the show and ask him about that. I never did watch where the catcher's glove went. And uh, second question, how long do we have Merrifield? Uh, I never hear them talking about that. Great show, guys. Thanks a lot. That's a great point about the umpiring. JT Riomuto, I was watching him the other day. Jeff, do you ever watch the, the game that he catches? His glove moves feet. No, not inches. Feet. I really want to ask an umpire, does it work? Like, when you see a dude move a glove that far, east and west, I can understand, Jeff, explain this to me. I can under, and we're going to have Caleb Bowman, and I'm going to ask him this question. I can understand south to north. Because they basically have to stand up on their tippy toes. So you may not be able to see where they catch it, but where the glove stops. So you could sort of see that one, the south to north one. But everywhere else, east to west, if I see a catcher moving a ball this like this, really? I, I just don't understand it. Like, I, I don't, I just, I don't get it. It's just, it's very hard to understand that, does it actually work? Do they just do it so much that it, that it like lulls you into... Well, he must be moving it for I just it's it's like uh who caught last night for the Red Sox? Our boy, Reese McGuire. Reese McGuire, you see how much he was moving his glove? Yeah. The ball that was away to a righty, he would catch it five inches off the plate and move it to the middle of the plate. So he's catching that and moving that ball, that glove. I'm going to say that's at least a foot. What is that telling an umpire? 
If I'm an umpire, I'm going, you think I'm dumb? Like, I see, I see where you caught it. I wonder. What does that do? Okay, I don't understand. It's well, very confusing to me. I mean, first of all, if it didn't work, dudes wouldn't do it. Um, I guess. I think a lot of it is. South to north. That'll work. The, I, I, I think a lot of it has to do with the way umpires are graded. And we talked about this. We don't. I, I keep mentioning this. The strike zone you see in TV is in the strike zone. I mean, we've had umpires oh. come on here. We've had the Morgan Sword come on here from the commissioner's office. The, the, the strike zone you see in TV is in the strike zone. It just isn't. And, I mean, I'm gonna, that's a hill I'm going to die on. Mm. Nobody recognizes it, it seems, as a strike zone. I wonder why Major League Baseball wouldn't do something about that. No, it doesn't. I why, mean, Why are you making a group of, of people that work for us Look like that because of they. Everybody I'm sure thinks that they, they're missing strikes. I'm sure you know what. I'm sure there's probably some study someplace that says TV viewers like it, whatever. Again, I've said this time I'm again. Sure that's I've it. seen yeah. enough baseball. I don't need the box. I just don't. Mm. However, um, it is what it is. But guys also get paid for stealing pitches, south to north. East to west. How 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 could an umpire yeah, be standing three inches from but it? But the other thing, I, I, it's just that's kind of the that's kind of the way the game's gone. And you know what else? I think you talked about JT Real Muto. What I've and you talk about this all the time. People don't understand the importance of reputation, the importance of the number in your jersey. Absolutely. And JT Real Muto, he could go out there and catch naked. And get away. He'll get away with stuff because he's JT Real Muto. Uh, I mean, he'll get away with stuff because he's JT Real Muto. There are guys who can get away with stuff. There are guys who can't get away with stuff. And if I'm an umpire, you know, drop my earphone. If I'm an umpire, my the way I would just don't make I'd me look. I, I have a hard enough time looking good as an umpire. I'd be chapped. Don't make me look. I would be. You wouldn't be chapped. Yeah, I would. If, they, if you saw if you saw if you saw Reese McGuire moving his glove when a ball he catches a ball whether that's oval or the way it looks on TV yeah. and moving it a foot to the middle of the plate really Whit, it wouldn't make you mad. Whit would Merrifield, by the way, has a mutual option with the Blue Jays for <laughs> eighteen million next year. Oh, they're picking that up. Eighteen million. Eighteen million. One eight million. The only way you're picking that up is if he's your everyday second baseman. Why, what would tell you he's not going to be? He does he's everything 35. they ask him to do. It's a $500,000 buyout. He'll be 35. There is going to. Maybe. Have, that, it depends what you're going to be spending your money yeah. on. Yeah. But. Yeah, yeah. Right now I do. Yeah. End of but the year you may not. That's a $12 million increase over what he's making this year in his base salary. That's a lot. Well, that's a big Actually, number. Four million, sorry. That's a big number. Four million. 18 million. Yeah. Mm. Bing in Coquitlam, BC. Nice. Just got a question for Kevin, or maybe if you have uh, Caleb on. I just want to know if oh. you guys were talking about uh, the separation we're starting to see between Denny Jansen and Alejandro Kirk. And I was just wanting to know uh, your guys' opinion if you think it's more important for a catcher to set up early and give a strong target for the pitcher to really have an area to focus on delivering their pitch to, or if you think it's more important to set up later and maybe use more of a decoy system of some type 
where they don't allow maybe a runner on second base to maybe relay a message to the batter on pitch location. Thanks, guys. I'll speak to you later. Bye. Yeah, it's a great question. Look, look, I think it depends on who the guy standing on the mound is. Uh, with Kevin Gosman, you got you need to set up late. He's got two pitches. You don't want to give away the split finger, right? Danny Jansen, if everybody can remember last year, would get really wide on the split finger because he's wanting to catch that low. And occasionally he'd want to steal a strike with that thing, right? Swing and miss, whatever it is, and his base would get wider. If I'm standing on the on-deck circle and he does that too early, I whistle, I say their number, that way they can take it. They don't want to swing at it because you can't hit it hard or you won't even hit it at all. So I do think there's something to, depending on who's on the mound. I would think if you walked up and asked Alec Manoa what the separation is, he likes to to Kirky. I think it's to each his own. Well, what we think about Danny Jansen is probably not what the, a guy throw, that throwing to that guy thinks. It's a lot right? to do with the target. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Like Alec Manoa seems to like Kirky. They seem to be on the same page. Maybe not this year as much, but looks like Manoa's fighting things mechanically. I think that's – I think we need to be careful about the separation between Danny and – because whenever I was asking around about that, I, they were trying to duck the question and and say that they have two really good catchers and they're lucky to have them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm yeah. – uh, I, I think I, we need to be careful about the separation and – Danny has had a better year because he's worked hard on it in the offseason. Right. Has he separated himself that much from Kirky? Ah. It gets back to who's throwing to him. I found this interesting yesterday. Um, but a couple of days ago, the Jays made a minor move. They traded Vinny Capra. They got Tyler Heineman. Um, switch hitting catcher. I mean, switch hitting. He's got, what, 219 uh, career at-bats in the majors. And I know they got it because... Uh, they ran into an injury, uh, an injury issue at uh, um, at Triple uh, A. This is a guy last year played fifty two games for the Pirates, two seventy seven. Um, again, not much. Sorry, that was forget it. That was his on base percentage. This is a guy who played fi- fifty two games of the Pirates last year, hit two eleven. That's more like it. I mean, he's not much of an offensive player. But when I saw them get Tyler Heineman, we know he's a guy who has uh, has has. I mean, he's been up here a little bit. He's been in the organization before. I just wonder if, you know, look, if you're not getting squat out of Cavan Biggio, which you're not, I, I wonder if at some point, if you've got to have Alejandro Kirk in the lineup every day. DH, you mean? If, he, if he's going to be in the lineup every day, DH, and do you bring Heineman up as your catcher, your I mean, third that's, catcher? That's a great question. I, I I just I then thought of that to. I thought of that when the deal when the deal was made. I, think I mean he's might, a guy he's not going to win games for you, but he's a, it's not going to hurt you. He's, he's not, not going to lose hurt games you. probably for you. He's not no, no, hurt that's, you. A, that's a great question. I, I think it depends on what other people in the lineup are doing. Yeah, that's that's what I think is they'll have to adjust. If it continues to go the way it's going, there'll be some adjustments made. There's a lot of expectations for this team. The, the the decisions will be made quicker, I do believe. And there's a reason why John came on this show and said that that first month usually tells you all you need to know, and then they adjust accordingly where they need to adjust. Well, if you've noticed, the first month is over. So? Yeah. Um, we shall see. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, the whole the separation between the – yeah. Between the catchers, I, I, we've also, you know, 
Kirky's throwing better. If you notice, his arm looks stronger. Yeah. It looks more accurate. His footwork looked better. He looks quicker. Just you can evil. imagine I that kinda, behind the plate. He looks quicker. I kinda, I, that's why you got to be careful about the separation thing. It's to each his own. It, it yeah, really is. Exactly. And, and I mean, there's a that. real, you know, there's a real recency bias there. I mean, Danny Jansen's had a bunch of good games behind the plate. Yes. The manager's talking about how good he is. We're talking about how good he is. By uh, by extrapolation, almost people assume that that means that Alejandro Kirk is not as good as Danny Jansen. You know, the catching situation with this team's fine. It's That's fine. The least of their worst. It, yeah, it's yeah. it's the least of their worst. Yeah. Now, if Alejandro Kirk has to be your everyday DH, because you. You you cannot you can't keep running out you can't keep running out Varsho and Brandon Belt in the same game. I'm sorry, it just can't be done. And um if he has to DH to be your cleanup hitter, then maybe you need that other catcher just in case. And ask yourself, what's more value? Nathan Lucas or another catcher just in case? Kevin Biggio or another catcher just in case? I'm just saying. Mm. Um Speaking of catchers, Caleb Joseph. We got catchers all over the place. Everywhere. They're everywhere. They really are. Yeah. Caleb Joseph, Blue Jays analyst on Sportsnet. Blue Jays Central host. Here comes the music. I gotta get like this it. music. He'll join us next. We'll take a deeper dive into Jansen V. Kirk. If talk I can't about get the bullpen as well. Get Caleb about the fired glove up. moving. Get him fired up. Lots yeah. of talk about moving gloves. Blair and Barker. Sportsnet 590 Defense, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Oh, it's Blair and Barker for Tuesday. Reminder, the Jays and Red Sox will play the second of their four-game series tonight at Fenway Park. Lovely Fenway Park. <laughs> oh. I like 7-10 it. 7-10 will be the first like pitch. You say Kikuchi against Tanner Houck. Fenway Park is America's largest open urinal. Just a pigsty. It's a horrible. I think I'm festering. the only person that has not signed my name in the Green Monster. You know what I'd like? I someone think I'm to the do? only person. You know what someone should do? Someone should instead of signing like, their name, go in with paint and paint over like somebody's name wow. was in there. Paint over David Ortiz's name or something like that. Huh. Just go in. Wouldn't that be great? I don't know. Seriously. Like if why would, you, uh, want, why uh, would you want to do that? Why, what, what's why, the point? Why not? Why not? You're mean? Why not? Seems to be a big deal for people. Alec Manoa starts on Wednesday. The uh, Alec Verdugo, Alex Verdugo Bowl, as it's going to be known uh, Wednesday. Uh, there's going to be some nastiness. Really? Verdugo's in a bit of a heater right now. He's got that chest pumped out. Actually, Alex Manoa's got, Alec Manoa's got uh, bigger concerns than one up and. Alex Verdugo in that game right now. Kevin Gossman pitches the uh, finale. 6-10 on Thursday will be the first pitch. Huh. Jays 6-5 losers last night. Alex Verdugo walked him off. Lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of questions about the bullpen, about pitcher availability. Let's bring in Caleb Joseph. He is, of course, Blue Jay Central analyst, former uh, MLB catcher. Mr. Joseph, thank you for joining us. You're going to answer the question that I'm about to ask you. The Blue Jays got more innings out of their starting pitchers in April than any team in baseball. How can they be shorthanded in the bullpen going into a game the way they were last night? Uh, For me, one word, trust. It's trust. And 
You look at a guy like Yimmy Garcia, you look at a guy like Anthony Bass, and having two guys that are not pitching to their capabilities, I think for John Schneider, the trust factor is a little bit low. And that really starts to thin you out, especially when you look at Nate Pearson still not trying to throw too much at him because I think they really want him to be a long-term piece. Now you're potentially talking about three guys down, Simbers on the I.L., and then you go back the day before, and the bullpen has to cover four innings, obviously, with Pop, Richards. You have those two guys in Bass and in Yimmy Garcia that I think John Schneider could trust last year. This year, I think he's a little bit leery, and I think that really throws the whole rhythm off of how and where and when he wants to use certain guys in certain pockets. Uh, do you like Nate Pearson's breaking ball? I do. I like it. I like it a lot. I I love that slider that he featured when I saw him back in 2020. I thought it was really hard, hard spinning. But I love the speed separation that he has with that breaking ball. It's just a matter of consistency. When you have a 100-mile-an-hour fastball, the last thing you want to do is throw one of those looper breaking balls that somebody could get out on their front foot and just kind of slap something Uh, up the middle or off the end of the bat and get a little bit of a cheap hit. But when it comes out in a lower angle, a lower uh, arm slot, and has that really good tight spin, it's devastating. And you've said this plenty, Barker. Just watch the way that major leaguers take hacks. Mm -hmm. And a couple of those hacks uh, from, from Elvis Andrews in his first outing, that'll tell you everything. Elvis has seen just about every breaking ball possible. He's been in the league for 15 years and he had absolutely no chance. It's just that it's just that one that pops out of his hand uh, that's going to maybe give him a little bit of trouble. But I talked to him when he first got called up uh, a week or so ago, and he, he was really excited about that pitch. Seems like he has a lot of confidence in it. And, uh, man, if you can have that type of separation in terms of spe- speed, push-pull, 15 miles an hour or so between the fastball and the breaking ball, and has really good tight spin, I think you've got something there. Yeah, you've been in a clubhouse with Jordan Romano. We saw him last night, tight game. The velocity was way down. I mean, it's 94-1-1, center cut. That's, uh-huh. that's just not going to get it. We know that. Is that. Does that have more to do with uh, that he is in a tie game and he's not winning on the road, and they brought him in, routine's different, energy level's not the same, or are sure. we overthinking that? No, I think that plays, and I was thinking about this uh, earlier today as well. I was thinking, man, is it is it about not having that adrenaline, or is it about when you throw that many sliders over the course of the first month of the season that you just kind of lose a little bit on the fastball? I, every guy that I've caught that threw hard needed to throw hard to mm-hmm. continue to throw hard, and I just I feel like I love I like the slider. It's a, it's it's got swing and miss potential. Um, you say this a lot. He's married to it. I, 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 the worst thing that could have happened was him give up a walk-off homer on a fastball because now he might not throw a fastball for another six appearances, right? <laughs> but I really believe the more you throw the fastball, the, the better it gets, the harder and the, the way that that velocity maintains. It is is such a slippery slope. I do get that he wants swing and miss, and he's getting more of it this year than he ever has in terms of rate. But I love that that triple-digit fastball. And I think the slider is better when he has the triple-digit fastball. It's kind of that whole chicken and the egg scenario. Well, 
is your slider really, really good because you've got 99 in your back pocket and you're featuring it quite often and guys have to get going and then they're vulnerable to that slider or is your slider a standalone pitch? There's just not many guys uh, that have a standalone breaking ball and off-speed pitch in the big leagues that can literally throw it 80% of the time and get away with it. I think of like a Trevor Hoffman, that change-up, these are just one-offs. And do I think that slider's a good pitch? Yes. Do I think it's a standalone pitch where he can throw it 65% of the time and have it sustain a 162-game season? I'm not solely convinced on that. Caleb, I know that you, you got to know Bo Bichette as a teammate. I know when you're around the team, you spend a great deal of time talking to him. Um, uh-huh. You told me last year we were talking about Bo, and you, you made kind of an interesting point. People see Bo, they see the long hair, they see the flashiness, and there's a tendency to not, I, I think, not look at him enough as kind of an old-school dirtbag baseball player he really is sure. isn't he like i mean he he 100%. is he, he just is that's exactly what he is he's a lunch pail type of guy even though he looks more like a justin bieber type if that makes any sense yes. i mean he he looks flashy and he looks the part of of a guy that that kind of likes the attention but it couldn't be any further from the truth i mean he's a lunch pail guy he, he's he straps it on, and he wants to play every single day. And you know what's funny to me, and I don't want to go on, on a little bit of a tangent here, but the load management stuff, it doesn't apply to Bo Bichette. That, that kind <laughs> yeah. of I, – I, I don't quite understand that. I, I do want to ask some more questions about that. But, um, yeah, he, he is a gamer. He's an absolute gamer. And, you know, I, I was talking to Bo a couple of weeks ago, and I said, hey, does this extension – does it – you know, the security of service time and – the salary does that does that let you relax because you're you're on a tear right now you're on an absolute tear and i found his answer to be incredibly enlightening he said it wasn't so much about the money because i think he believes that he's a really good player he's going to get paid eventually he said it was about the commitment that the team and the management put in me and i found that to be interesting like maybe there was a a sense that he wasn't sure if he was wanted in toronto and so when he gets this extension he feels like they're really behind him with a fair offer, and they want him. And now I think you're seeing him play incredibly relaxed. And he's something else. I mean, the numbers are historic. And what he does just day in, day out with the baseball bat is is second to none, next level. And I really haven't faced anybody like him before. Uh, to be a guy that's not six foot four, 240, and can hit a ball 460, but can also soft serve something to right field. I'll tell you what, his defense has actually been pretty good the yeah. last two or three weeks. And, and I think breaking. it's fair to say, we, we need to say, hey, you know, this guy's playing some pretty solid defense too, but mm-hmm. he's an absolute gamer. I mean, this is the, I, I would have given him whatever he wanted. I, I'll admit I'm a bit of a bow homer, but that's because I know who he is and I know how bad he wants to win. And I know he'll do whatever it takes team wise to make that happen. See, it's an interesting point you made because I, we've seen Bo a lot. And, you know, they used to say about Ichiro Suzuki that if Ichiro wanted to hit 50 home runs, he could hit 50 home runs. He was that good. I mean, 100%. he could basically turn himself in. Well, you would know. He could turn him. He could be whatever hitter you wanted him to be. Now, I don't know if yep. Bo is that good, but I've often wondered if Bo rolled out of bed and said, you know what? I just want to hit a, I just want to hit a ton of home runs. I want to drive in runs. Is he good enough that he could do that? Mm-hmm. 
Okay, I, I'm not going to take credit for this by no means, but last week when I saw him on Monday, I told him, hey, it's okay for you to turn and burn on a hang and breaking ball and hit it 500 feet to the pull side. And he kind of smiled, and I said, look, every good player that I've ever played with in terms of great hitters, uh, Nelson Cruz, Manny Machado, some of these guys that are just prolific, really, really good hitters, they go through these waves of like padding average, mm-hmm. and then they'll take a week or two where they try and thump it. And I think that really resonated with him. I told him, I said, hey, you, you can start doing this. You're, you're mature enough to start going through these phases where you can kind of let it, let it eat. And I heard you say, maybe on yesterday's show, Barker, like when's the last time you saw him take a big daddy hack and yeah. his helmet flies off? Yeah. And I think it's these type of waves that he's going to start to really figure out that, you know what, singles are great. But at this point in time, he can he can go for the long ball. He can kind of, he can try and back leg city some hanging breaking balls to the pull side, knowing that when he needs to bring it back, he can absolutely get back into that bulletproof two point stance and stay inside a ball and and drill something to the opposite field when he needs to. And that's just continued maturity. And boy, he's getting better and better every day we see him, which is hard to imagine considering how well he finished last year. It's funny hearing you say that because as you were talking, I kept thinking back, and Kevin, you might remember this. We had Mo Vaughn on mm-hmm. last year yep. and for a Red Sox series. And I remember Mo Vaughn saying about his approach, the first month of the season, he said, I like to have a nice average yeah, coming out of the absolutely. first month of the Cold. season. Second month of the season. Now we're talking. I'm 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 looking at at doing a little more damage. And it was just it was intriguing hearing hearing you say that because it was. I mean, I don't know if it's the same thing necessarily, but it just it it gets to it gets back to the the fact that a, there are guys who I think do take this approach. Like they're a certain hitter at a certain point, and they're a different hitter at a different yep. point. It's almost like whatever needs to get done gets done. Yep. And to have that ability, something else, goodness. I had one spot in one location, and if, if they didn't throw it there, I had no middle, chance. Middle, middle. So, yeah, I had no <laughs> chance. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> the, the great ones, they, they can cover all spots. And remember, too, it's a, this, is a, this is a game of 162. So you might be playing different opponents, but you're playing the same analytical game in mm-hmm. terms of he's setting guys up that when he's hitting certain pitches in certain spots to certain locations – and people see that he's having success on the flip side, what you're trying to do as a defender is try and go in opposite locations. You're trying, you know what that looks like. If, if a 94 mile hour fastball on the middle outer half is getting crushed to right field, let's try and work him inside. So it's a huge game of chess that I think Manny and uh, Nelson Cruz were kind of onto that. It's, it's this ever changing chess board and I think Bo's getting there too he's starting to see a couple more breaking balls even some fastballs in and then you can just change the approach start turning and burning and then what happens those the khakis get in there and they say well he's pulling the ball now let's go back away and then he just goes right back to right center field and he just he's just uh, yo-yoing these guys back and forth do you think Dalton Varsho at the plate is an easy fix uh, oh man, with the start and stop that he has, that's a little, oof, that, that's going to be tough. Um, the way he gets that toe tap down, uh, it's, it's, it was well, not really toe tap. It's just the start and stop. I mean, he takes that mm-hmm. foot and he stops it. And then what happens is when you start to generate that swing and the gather, you've got the, the weight on the front side a little bit because of that stride. And then you start to recoil back to gain a little bit more to start swinging and then the body starts swaying and it's so easy to not only be late 
but for that 94, 95 to appear 97, 98. Uh, I think that's the big difference between Chapman is Chapman's toe tap is a gather, and then he tries to reach with that leading leg, and he's still behind the baseball, which the more behind the ball you can get, the slower that velocity seems, and then you're able to, to work that kind of middle to away approach. When you're late on the fastball, this is a tough league to hit. If you can't get on the heater, it is very, very tough because they're hammering him up and in and velocity at the top. And I, I think he's steep. I think he's steep because he's late. And I've been there. The only reason I'm sure about this is because I spent an entire career being late on the fastball, and it's mm-hmm. tough. You can go in there. You can try and hit the velocity machine all you want. But if your body position isn't in a great spot to catch up to velocity – you're in a bit of trouble. Do I think he can work himself out of it? Yes. Is it going to take a little bit longer than just uh, two sessions in the cage uh, before a game off of the velocity machine? Absolutely. I've been saying this for four or five days now. I really feel like he needs to drop down to take a little bit of blow off because this guy's coming up over and over and over with runners on base because he's hitting right behind blow Vatty, Vladdy and Chapman. Those guys have been absolutely dominant. He's consistently getting these pitchers best pitches because they're in high leverage situations. So for a guy that's struggling, a guy on a new team and a younger guy in general, that's a tough recipe to kind of overcome. The problem is who do you put up there? For me, it's probably Whit Merrifield just because of the mm-hmm. bat to ball skills. But, boy, this is where you really need, like, Belt, Kirk to be really, really good. And Kirk's getting there, but Belt, Belt is, is struggling right now. Okay, buddy, I need you to walk me off the plank. I, I'm, watching, <laughs> I'm, watching these, I'm watching these catchers trying to steal strikes. And I see Reese McGuire, and for whatever reason, I have no idea why this got me chapped the way it did yesterday. But I can remember <laughs> right hand, right-handed hitter, whoever's on the mound, he would set up off the plate away to a righty now. He would catch this thing, I would say, four inches off the plate. He would yank his glove all the way back to middle, middle in the plate. And I, I got to be honest with you, Caleb, I was getting chapped. Like, I was wanting to throw things at my TV. And my question to you is, because you're not too far removed from baseball, does this, right. actually, does this actually work? Now, I can understand south to north, right? The ball down, right? It's very uh-huh. hard for that umpire to see it. He's almost up on his tippy toes to see where the yep. ball's at. And then where it stops is kind of the thing. That south to north, I can understand. East to west, Caleb, I don't get it. Do umpires actually believe when they see the glove moving east to west that much? I would say that 90% don't buy it. And the reason is I literally asked them, I would ask them straight up, hey, does that stuff fool you? I tried to have the best rapport possible with these umpires. Mm -hmm. And 10% of the guys, you can fool them. Laz Diaz, Angel Hernandez, you can start yanking stuff and they're ready to go. They're ready to hee-haw. They're ready to get on some guys. Now, some of these other guys, really good ball strike umpires, say like a Will Little. That does, it doesn't matter what you do with Will Little. He's so good that it's irrelevant. And then there's a huge chunk of umpires that are kind of 50-50. But I remember being at a game in Arizona in 2019. Paul Emma was behind the plate. And I'm, I, I was a traditional stance catcher for my entire career. I went to Arizona. They wanted me to be a Tyler Flowers type, one knee, big yanker. And I'll tell you what, it didn't work. First inning, I got no calls. And I turned around to Paul, who I had had long-standing relationship because he used to do a lot of games in spring training 
in Sarasota. I probably had him 25 times before this, and I said, Paul, what's going on? These are pretty decent pitches. And he said, you keep, you keep pulling them like that. I'm going to ball them every single time. The very next pitch, I went into my traditional stance. I set up two inches off the plate. He hit me right in the center. I barely moved it. Ha! Strike one. And I'm telling you, a lot of it has to do with who's behind the plate. But you got to try and be ahead of the curve. So the entire catching theory is now to start pulling all these pitches. Well, if I'm an umpire and I see the glove moving four to six inches, mm-hmm. that to me is telling myself that, that that ball's off the plate. He's trying to pull on the plate. I've always found very small, subtle movements to be really good, and you're exactly right. East to west is tougher. What you're trying to do is prevent that ball from moving off the plate, not grabbing it mm-hmm. and pulling it on the plate. You're trying to beat it to the spot as it's moving away from the plate and counteract that movement and just stick it on the plate. And you're talking about one to two inch movements, very, very small, subtle movements. I look at a guy like Jeff Mathis who had unbelievable SL plus. He was fantastic. But these big movements, I I think there's a small percentage of umpires that can figure it out. But more times than not, they're not going to buy it. We had a question from a uh, listener a little earlier about Danny Jansen and Alejandro Kirk. And I I wanted to ask you this. The, the, The caller's question was, is there as much of a separation between the two defensively as I think a lot of people, you know, look, we've spent a lot of time talking about how good Danny's been this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, John Schneider's talked a lot about how good Danny's been this year. I think by extension, Caleb, a lot of people assume, okay, Danny Jansen's so good. They're not talking about Alejandro Kirk being so good. Therefore, Alejandro Kirk is not as good as Danny Jansen. And of course, we also know that the Jays, now they, they, they brought, Tyler Heineman back into the organization. I understand that was a triple A move, but look, Kevin and I have said at some point, if, if, if they got to use Alejandro Kirk as a DH four or five times mm-hmm. a week, maybe you, you know, you need someone else to catch. Mm-hmm. Maybe he comes up to do that and backs, <coughs> pardon me, backs Jano up. But um, that was kind of a, a tangent there. I apologize for that. Uh, no, you're good. Is, is I like the, where you're going with this. Is, I think is, there's something to it. Yeah, is there a, is that big a gap here that you might just see them say, hey, other than Alec Manoa, you're our DH? I don't think it's anything in terms of physical attributes. I think, to be honest with you, I think it might be a little bit of game calling. Um, the conversation I had with John Schneider, he was very, very pleased with where Danny Jansen is. And I, I think I told you this last time I was on the air. After three full seasons in the big leagues, I finally figured out how mm-hmm. to call a game, how to do it. And Danny Jansen's there. It is so obvious when and how he's taking mound visits, how he's setting up, how he's playing certain pitches off of certain pitches. It's He is there. And it makes me wonder what these guys are doing. So if, if I'm looking deeply into the roster moves that they made even at, at Buffalo – if Belt isn't going to contribute anything, you have to wonder, do they, like you just said, did they kind of shift Kirk into a more of a full-time DH role? If they were to bring Rob Brantley up, Brantley, now you have, right. nobody at tri- you have nobody at AAA to catch. And at that point, if Brantley has to be exposed to waivers and he's claimed, now you have no depth. Right. So it looks like there's a, a process here that they might be preparing for maybe a scenario where – they could be carrying three catchers just because of the game calling. I think Brantley would be tremendous in terms of game calling. I know they got Heineman and he's on the roster, but I think that, that Brantley might actually be the guy if I had to just guess. But yeah, I think there's a scenario game calling that 
Kirk is a, a tick behind. And it's not his fault. This isn't his fault. It's not like he's not doing anything. Game calling is tough, and it takes reps. And Kirk just hasn't had those reps. And I don't know if it's possible for him to get 120 games behind the plate just because of a lot of different factors. But I think the game calling is really starting to stand out with Jansen, and it, he's starting to really separate himself, even though when you look physically, I think they're both very similar and they're both really good catchers. So this is actually a good problem to have. I do, I do think, though, that making 120, 150 decisions a night is really going to play. And that's why a couple of years ago I, I was adamant about them trying to get a veteran catcher. But these guys, are they're on their way. And I think there's a scenario where they possibly could carry three catchers if Belt continues not to, not to really show anything on offense. Great stuff. Good stuff as always, Caleb. Absolutely. Thanks for doing this, man. Way Be well. Go. You got it. All right. See, see you, guys. buddy. Caleb Joseph is our Blue Jay Central analyst and uh, Sportsnet 590, the fan analyst. Interesting answer. Yeah, I, f- I forgot it, but Rob Brantley was – Rob Brantley caught a lot of their – caught a lot of their big dudes in spring – he got a lot of run he did. in spring training. And yeah. I, uh, Kirky wasn't there either, so that no, helped too. but that – Yeah, yeah. That would make sense then. Mm-hmm. Tyler Heineman could hold the fort at, 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 at AAA. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is a guy. He's a, you know, a switch hitter. Uh, he can play multiple positions. I suppose He's he can factor it. Hit. But no, but it would be that 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 was a good point. Um, it's kind of cover if you do have to get into roster games. And it's not I don't look. I'm, we're not saying that it'll happen tonight. But I, I think we're at the point with with guys like Bidjo or Belt where you have to ask yourself. Why? Why? <laughs> that, that's like, serious. What, what, Why? what are they what are they giving me? Yeah. And if I'm a better team with Kirky DHing and catching you know, what, catching Manoa and letting Jano catch the other four, then I've got to have another. I got to have another catcher up here. Yeah, I'm with I you. Have another catcher. I'm with you. Here. It's hard for me to say. I'm, I'm a big fan of Cavins. He's a good dude, but man, you're hitting somewhere close to 100. That's it's it's very hard yeah, to and do. The thing and with Cavins, the is upside, you, I just don't. Is it will he get better? Does he look like he'll get better? And I just don't think he, the answer is going to be yes. No, he is what he is. Off yeah, yeah, the, the so. thing the thing about Cavin that kind of drives me nuts is he. he he is a good fielder. I have a lot of confidence he, in him he, when he is in the field. He, he runs he really, really good routes is. in the outfield. He yes. can play both sides of second base, which is not the easiest but thing to do. Gotta but give the me offensive side, holy moly. Hey, figure out how to hit a heater. Yeah. Like, if you hammer heaters, you'd be in the big leagues forever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've been giving you a chance to win Blue Jays tickets all season long here in Blair and Barker. We'll continue to do that, whether you listen on the radio or on our podcast. And all you have to do is to text the correct answer to our daily baseball trivia question to 59590. Yesterday's question and answer was this Hall of Famers, one of two Orioles to have a team record nine RBI in one game. It was Eddie Murray who uh, collected nine RBI on August 26th, 1985. Eddie Murray speaking of switch hit, which is mm. tremendous. It's a lot of it's a lot of ribbies. Oh, yeah. Every time, every time we'd get into the ribbies don't matter arguments, somebody put their hand up and go Eddie Murray, and then you would go and look and you go, okay. Today's question is to win tickets. Never to tried see- to get one. That's why you say that. Today's question is to Today's win. Today's were one for ten yesterday with runners in scoring position. Uh, That's all I need to say. Today's okay, question. Continue. Sorry. Today's question to win tickets to see the Jays and Orioles down at the Rogers Center on May 21st. This Oriole had eight career grand slams. Ooh, Ooh, that's a lot. Including two in one game against Cleveland in August 1998. Would not have gotten this. 
This Oriole had eight career Grand Slams, including two in one game Thanks. against Cleveland in August 1998. Wow. That's a lot of grannies. Text the answer to 595-90 for your shot. The win. See rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590. Of course, this was during... You wouldn't have got this? 1998, no, because it was during the steroid era, and there'd be ton, tons of dudes who might be might be hammering. Actually, it was a little after steroid era. Now it's kind of the same thing. Tons of dudes hammering home. But uh, eight career Grand Slams, two in one game against Cleveland in August 1998. I would not have gotten this. I would have guessed. There, there, there are two other guys I would have guessed before Let me this see. guy. It's a good question. <laughs> yeah, no. Not a chance. I'd have got that. No. It's a good question. It is. Speaking of good questions, uh, we're going to, you know what? We really liked it. We heard in the. Uh, they were great. The back leg line. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let's go back there. 416-413-3959. I mean, the first month of the season's in the books. Uh, maybe you got some thoughts, some comments, some questions and things. I want to talk also, Kevin, when we come back about all these pitching injuries. Uh, Dusty Baker. Well, Dusty Baker last night went to a place a lot of us thought someone would eventually go to about pitching injuries. We'll tell you where that place is. What are you doing? Pitch timer? Actually, no. We'll tell you where that place is. We'll tell you why Dusty went there. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan Sportsnet 360, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Breaking down the top stories in hockey and Elliot Friedman every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, I don't want to get everybody excited, but uh, there's a uh, Twitter account, Codify Baseball. Uh-oh. At Codify Baseball, it's fun to fo- no. It's a great it's it's a great account. It's a great account to follow. There's a lot of <clears throat> a lot of interesting stuff. A lot of interesting historical stuff too. Bo Bichette has two five hit games so far this year. Uh, he's got three in his career. He's got two five hit games this year, including last night's most five hit games in an MLB regular season. This is great. The record is four, and it's shared by four players. You ready for this list? Sure. Ty Cobb mm. in 1922. Stan Musial in 1948. Wow. Tony Gwynn in 1993. Mm. Ichiro in 2004. Wow. Good company. He's on his way. Ties that this year, maybe. I mean, that's... That list basically says... You could pick. You could pick your starting nine, all-time baseball history. Three of those guys are definitely on it. Musial, mm-hmm. you could probably you get an argument about Musial. A bunch of other guys. Mm-hmm. Three of those guys would be on it for me anyhow. Ichiro's on it. Gwyn's definitely on it. You know, Cobb obviously. It's not even. I didn't even get to see Cobb play, but pretty good. Ninth inning, two outs, bases loaded. Who do you want up? Bo or Vladdy? Bo. And you got to give me credit for this because I would have said this last September, too. I I would have said this last September, too. Hmm. Bo, without question. I think I'm on your side. Uh, last year, I would probably not said that. This year, I don't, and that, I, I don't know how you can argue. 
uh, you know, and then, I mean, we're not sitting here saying, Vlad, we're, we're ready to throw Vladdy over the Absolutely side or not. anything Absolutely like that. Not. But we, you, you're just, asking me that just tells right you how now, good I, been. I need a hit. I'll tell you what, number two might be Chapman right now. I need a hit. Mm, I think you're pushing it. But you're not first, you're last. Um, so we mentioned a little earlier that uh, Jose Urquidy has gone on the IL with uh, a uh, left shoulder discomfort. And uh, Luis Garcia came out of last night's game after eight pitches with right elbow discomfort. And a lot of people, now we've also got Jacob deGrom in the I.L., and and who else is? I mean, I'm sure there are other there are other dudes, other dudes in the audience. Verlander, Verlander. Uh, I mean, and and look, Degrom is gone. Gordon. Yeah, Degrom. Degrom is Degrom. Degrom's probably always gets hurt. Yeah, he goes on the IL at least three times during the off season. So I mean, that that's that's just the way it is with with Jacob Degrom. That's part of the, the Jacob Degrom experience. But it is interesting. Dusty Baker is wondering. And I saw this, and I thought, okay, Dusty's going to go to the pitch timers, the pitch timer I thought issue. So too. Now, Dusty was wondering about the World Baseball Classic. Now, he's got two guys who are in the World Baseball Classic, and if you watch those games, we've talked about this. You watch those games. The Dominican teams, the Venezuelan teams, the Puerto Rican, they went at it. Absolutely. Like, that is like, Absolutely. That is like winter ball. for that, no that, that is a big event for those dudes. It is. And Dusty was wondering whether that might have an impact on it. And I think there are other people who, because we haven't had this pitch timer before, there are other people who are going to wonder whether or not the pitch timers had an impact on us. I mean, guys have been getting hurt forever and ever and ever. Guys will get hurt yeah. forever and ever and ever. And as I said, Jacob deGrom is always hurt. But it, is there a reason why he said that? Like, well, did he give a reason because why? Because of Garcia and Urquidy. I understand, but there, is there a reason? Like, is there no, just, he's just, different just routine? Wondering. Is he just they, wondering? Are they not throwing as hard? Is the breaking ball no, just not wondering, breaking? Is it... Just wondering if guys guys were, were asked to throw hard and compete at a time of the year where they're not so. usually competing. You're more worried about that than you are your mechanics. Heart rate goes up. It's a big deal for your country. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just a, it was a... Uh, it's an interesting thought. It, it, it was a thought. Um you know, look, I've I've said I'm a big fan of the World Baseball Classic. I'm also a big fan of none of my players playing in it. <laughs> I mean, and I know that makes me a hypocrite, but it's true. Um, I don't want my guys anywhere near it. Now, we've talked about there are exceptions where it seems as if it serves as a springboard for guys. I'm not certain it does. It serves as a springboard for pitchers necessarily. But in Randy Rosarena, it's like it's been a – it's. It's been happy hour at the plate for Randy or Rosarina since, Didn't since hurt, the World Baseball Classic. As uh, someone pointed out, and you actually mentioned the two, which is a good point, seeing that does just reinforce how freaking remarkable Shohei Otani is. Because Shohei Otani was – Shohei Otani shouldered a bigger – shouldered a oh. bigger load. I mean, he had the whole whole damn country in his shoulder in Absolutely. that tournament. Oh, in that tournament. No question. And he ain't – Trying to hit homers and, and close out games. he just kept it going. Uh, he's a freak. Like it is. It is. Uh, he's gonna get paid. Anyhow, something a to lot. something to keep in. I don't on. know. I think if any other manager said that, they'd roll their eyes. It's Dusty does saying it, and you might, yeah, actually think about it. Four one six four one three three nine five nine. We uh, had a lot of a lot of calls to the back leg line, and um, 
Like some of them actually we got after the game last night uh, because of Blue Jays talk. And a reminder, Mr. Barker and myself would be doing Blue Jays talk tonight uh, following the game. Give us a listen. Give us a call. Don't don't worry about the Leafs. The Leafs are going to win this series in five. So just relax. What's wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Why would you say that? Because they are. It's, it's, Holy it's, moly. It, Why it would is you say in that? the How many bag. times have you said that? I said it in the last series, didn't That's I? A, no, I don't I think certainly you did. did. You I did certainly did say, say they were going to be. I certainly did. He's such a bad human. Why they might would even, you say that? They might even bum rush oh, the, see, the, the Panthers. There it is. They might. So, yeah. They might. What? What? Just let but the five. fans enjoy it. Well, enjoy it. A five-game sweep that. is great. <laughs> five, it's not a five-game sweep, well, but a five-game series win what is, is great. See? Nope. They know you don't say mean Stop. it. Stop. You, you don't mean it. Leafs Nation, I do mean it. Stop you worrying do not about mean it. it. This is so in the bag. I mean, you might as well just start matching up, thinking about line matchups for Carolina. <laughs> Carolina's going to win. Boy. Man. Anyhow, Scott and Branford doesn't want to talk about the Leafs. He, he wants either. to talk baseball. Go ahead, Scott. You jinxed it. I just had a comment about Vladdy. I've noticed over the last it. few weeks he's coming out of his swing like he's swinging too hard. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know what your comments are on how he's doing now versus what his swing looked like at the beginning part of the season because it looks like he's falling into the same pattern that he did for a good chunk of last year. Thank you very much. Bye. That's that's a, that's a great point. Uh, he's late. I mean, I don't know any other way to say it. He's late. When you're late, you play catch-up. You play catch up. You got to cheat to open the front side. That's sort of you, you, when you hear your managers hear about their best hitter, air quotes. He's trying too hard. I mean, he's not their best hitter now. A guy lead out, led off yesterday, and the guy hit second every single day seems to be the guy. But it's just funny that the manager said he's trying too hard. I, I, I'm not real sure that I can get on that, why that is. But it is. He's got a lot of moving parts. Like there's a. That's why you see a lot of pitchers. They try and disrupt that. They stand there. They quick pitch him. They'll throw secondary pitches and fastball counts. They his plate awareness because of his movement a lot of the times goes away. You notice the pitches that he pulls foul are feet in off the plate. Feet. Yeah. Like great hitters who have great eyes who their eyes don't move through their swing tend to be able to consistently not swing at that. And he, for whatever reason, when he's, especially when he's slumping now, I hate to say that because of how he's gotten off to the season he's got off to. He is doing really well. That just will tell you how good of a hitter he is, that he can have some hiccups and still have really, really good numbers. But, yeah, there's a lot of parts there. Like he, And he doesn't have a two-strike approach, which I don't want to say that's odd because he is different than Bo. I'm not sure that I want him to have the soft serve to right swing. But I would think on occasion you'd like to have it to go to if you ever needed it. So, yeah, maybe he's just still trying to find his way. And got to remember, too, that I'm sure that everybody comes in and we've been told this from other teams that the first guy they think of to get out is not Bo. It's Flatty. So, that, that they're, that's... That part of it, too, and he's still a little young when it comes to approaches. and So maybe we'll give him a break there. But, yeah, it's I, – I do think the stride a lot of the times is a little too long. I think the hands are playing catch-up. I think the plate awareness because of those two reasons goes away occasionally in certain at-bats that I think could get better. They He forces the ball on the plate because of the talent that he has. Explain, can you exp- – 
Explain it, that a little there, bit. There is a handful of human beings. You're talking about Vladdy. Yeah. Okay. Bo is a freak of nature. Right. Where he can cover all quadrants of the strike zone. Vladdy's not that person. He's not. He can't chase in off the plate and hit that ball hard. I'm sorry. He can't. If he forces it on the plate because of everything that I've talked about a bazillion times, him hitting the ball hard, harder than everybody on planet Earth, will happen more times than not. It's just the times that he chases, the times that he tries too hard. So it just seems like it's more of a mental thing. Like the situation sometimes, I don't want to say he's too big for him because that's wrong. It's the wrong way to say it. But it is his approach and how hard he swings is dictated by what's going on and what inning it is. Did I say that right? Yep. I think that's right. Yeah, situation. So, absolutely. So I do think if he can just sort of simplify it enough to just say, quiet it down. It's very methodical with my lower half. The fruition is on time. My front foot is in an athletic position where I can get good separation, and all my hand movement is up where it should be, and I'm on time. That allows me to see the ball where I want it to be, point of contact. Because he hits the ball as hard as he does, he'll have elite numbers. It's just those times where you see him chasing, you're like, why are you doing that? That's that's all. And I think that's to the caller's point is sort of that reason. Will in Toronto got questions. For hey, Kevin. Will. This question is for both of you. Uh, uh, my question is, uh, say that, uh, you know, uh, uh, down the uh, in another month or two months, uh, the lefties are still doing what they're doing now, which mm-hmm. is basically not much uh, at the plate. Uh, what happens? Um, you know, do the uh, obviously you have to stick with Varsha because of the trade. Uh, mm-hmm. But do you think that uh, Belt and Vijo get DFA'd? Like, what? Mm-hmm. I mean, realistically, what do you think happens two months down the road if if things are still the same? Thank you. I'd love to hear from you. Love the show. Thanks. Thanks, Will. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you could. I don't. I don't know if you could get. I would think you might be able to get something for Calvin Biggio. I. I don't know what. Maybe. Package. I mean, Deal. you know, you know, people in baseball can always reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. They think they can reinvent the wheel. Uh, Brandon Belt. I. I do think whenever I to hold on before yeah. you keep going. I, I do remember when I was in spring training. I think it was last year, the year before last, when they were trying to trade for left-handed bats. Yeah. The scouts from other teams were there seeing Kirky, yeah, and Kevin Biggio, yeah, yeah. When when Cleveland was very much on the uh, the horizon, that that's it. We're led to believe was the focal point. I don't know if that would necessarily be the case now. Here's the thing: uh, I thought about it this weekend when Teoscar was here. If if neither Belt or Varsho are able to be consistent offensive contributors. Then you're saying to yourself, all right, where can I make up what Teoscar gave me offensively? And, and you don't. I mean, I like Matt simple. Chapman, even if Matt Chapman simple. gets better, does that do it? Does Whit Merrifield do it? The the guy to me that and I think this is becoming apparent now. The guy to me that might emerge as the whole key to how much better this lineup can be, if you understand what I'm saying, is Alejandro Kirk. Maybe. You're not, you're probably not getting more than what you're getting out of Bo. 
Now, Springer should be better. Vladdy, we've talked about. Chapman, this is, you, you'll, take, you'll take this a oh. thousand times out of a thousand. The guy that I'm looking at that could be perhaps more impactful than he's been so far, if we just assume that Varsho, Varsho's going to be in there every day playing good defense, but if he's down hitting seventh or whatever, the guy who could have an impact in the middle of the lineup to me, the only sure. guy is Alejandro Kirk. Boy, it sure would help the only if Vladdy started doing yes. Vladdy times two things. Yes. Boy, that would help. Like going one of those heaters sure. just where it's every time he's walking to the plate, it's something's happening. But that like destroying baseball. That would help. Let's keep in lot. mind last year's lineup was good enough to get to the playoffs. No question. And they didn't lose, I don't think, that playoff series because of the they lineup. Did, they did not. They lost it because of defense, because of pitching. So mm. that's maybe what we're seeing now. And there's nothing wrong with this. There's nothing wrong with it taking a month for you to realize, but Maybe now we're starting to appreciate how much Teoscar Hernandez meant to this lineup. I'm not saying I wouldn't do the trade. I'm not saying that. But but mm. I, now I think you're starting to see what a Jays lineup without Teoscar Hernandez might have looked like last year. Uh, so I think it. I think Alejandro Kirk is the guy that that a lot. A lot Here. depends on him. And if Dalton Varshall can just become a contributor offensively. How about this? I think they're going to have to have a legitimate left-handed hitter in the meat of their order to win a World Series. Well, they don't have one it's right like now. That, that's like the eighth inning guy. No-brainer. Those two they things don't have for one me, right there now. you go. Like I, That's one of the main reasons why when we were picking our teams and, you know, you, that sort of just kept staring at you is the when you're facing elite right-handed pitchers, who can throw an OO slider that's nasty on the corner. Now, all of a sudden, because that elite left-handed hitter, you can't do that. Now it's a fastball up and away. That's the big difference, right? For It, it is remarkable for, for a team. And this isn't, I'm not criticizing anybody here. Uh, but I am going to say this. For a team that is a luxury tax team, uh, it's remarkable how many significant holes there still are. Yeah. And and that's no question. I, I, again, I swear to God, I'm not. I'm not. Now, maybe if you ask I'm the people that are running this team, they wouldn't think the holes are as big as we do. No, but that's I, obviously they don't because they're smart people running they this are. team. They are, but and obviously they don't. But I'm looking at after it as a month, a, a I'm World Series team, not a playoff team, because I think they are on talent. They're an 88 win team. They got a good enough manager, pitching coach, bench coach, and here's going to win them five or six more games. There are other the there are other teams in a similar position, but the difference between that team and this team. Is this team's been pretty healthy? No question. Right? Oh, this, great this, point. this team this team's been the Yankees the, have a reason to sure be in last do. place. Sure they do. The Red Sox sort of do too, right? It's your rotations all over the place. Do the Blue Jays have an excuse to Houston be Houston now? Place? Houston's got guys that are Houston doesn't have Altuve. Boy, they don't have a those great point. So that's right? Mm. This team hasn't had it hasn't had been missing Bryce Harper for, for mm. a month. <laughs> great point. I, I'm just throwing that out there. I'm just throwing that out there, that, that it's a team that, that – and, and it's spent a lot in payroll, and it's, it's not finished. It's not finished. I don't think so anyway. And I, I don't – said, I've said this. They're a really good team. Are they a great team? And I don't pretend to know – you know, look, all it takes to address your bullpen issues – well, look at the – One guy. Uh, you know, look That's at the book of Baltimore. Find yourself a Yannier Cano. A Brady for the – Right? After. I mean, and perhaps with the Jays, 
If, if this is, isn't fool's gold, gold with Nate Pearson, you got something there. And I can tell you. He would help. I, I can tell you from discussions I had during the last homestand that, um, yeah, I could say this. Chad Green is farther ahead than the Jays no, thought he would be. No question. He's farther ahead than Chad Green thought he would be. He will help. And he will help. Oh boy, find wood. I know that's not wood. He stays healthy. He might be here. Well, he will be here sooner than you think. I'm not talking this week. I'm not talking this month. But the idea that you might have to wait till after the All-Star game for Chad Green, that may not be on. Maybe. So I'll say that about the bullpen. The lineup, man, not, you saw how hard it was to trade for an impactful lefty bat in the offseason. How hard is it going to be in season? Very, very. You know, I talked to. It's why we, important. It's why it's important. It's why I asked Caleb about Dalton Varsho. Well, and how, we, how fast how, is it? Just a quick fix, or is this a theme? We had somebody call us up in Blue Jays talk after one of the games in the homestand about that, and I said, my way of thinking. I I, I think this team makes a deal at some point, but to my way of thinking, you're looking at getting a. Adam Duvall type of guy. I just pulled that name out because, you know, mm-hmm. a guy who's not going to be a core member of your team. Sure. A, a guy who is. Get hot for a week and help your team down right. the stretch. And that may be where we're going with this. And um, and I'm also going to say this, despite what we've seen from him so far, I absolutely believe that Dalton Varsho is going to be an important part of this Me team long term. I absolutely. I, I have and I do n- think I he'll figure no it out. Doubt. I think I look at Dalton Varsho right now as a core player. I do too. For this group. Oh, no question. I do too. Without question. I do too. And and I'm with with you. I think he'll figure it out. And in the meantime. Don't you figure out what kind of player you are when you're going through this, boy. But Trust in, me. But again, as you <laughs> pointed out, in the meantime, while you're going through this, you catch those balls. You back up George Springer the way you've backed him up. Uh-huh. You show what you've shown me in the base yep. pass. Yep. I'll stick you in the seventh or eighth spot. We'll let you. We'll let you find your swing. You can do Will that in a good Will they stick him in the seventh or eighth hole? Hmm? Will they stick him in the seventh hole? I, I mean. Boy, sure don't look like it. They we'll should. See. They should. It's a no-brainer for me. You got six guys in front of you who are better hitters right now. It's a okay. no-brainer. You're, you're, you're not out. bringing balance. The the opposing manager's telling you, you everything you need to know how they feel about you, you right now. You rolled out six righties last year, and you went to the playoffs, right? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, how, they who, were good who, righties. Who is your lefty that you ran They were good year? righties. It's just that when you're facing the elite and you yeah, want to go to a World Series. Yeah, postseason comes Louisa around. Rise, Jeff. Po- postseason Louisa comes Rise. around. Rise. Oh, Louisa Rise. Hitting in the two-hole, now you'd have your whip. Well, even better. Well, not even probably not even better. I mean, a, a rise I think's hitting over four hundred. That, that looks nice hitting in a duo. Rise a good oh, well, you kidding me? He can hit the best. He can hit the other pitcher's best pitch, and get on base all the time, all the time. You imagine that? But well, that's wishful no. thinking. But and Andrew Benintendi. The Blue Jays don't have a Lopez to give away. They no. don't. Well, they, they don't. Their Lopez might be Pearson. And we're not. You, you're not. You're not giving away Pearson right now. After all the time and energy you spent, and you might be getting a little glimpse of what this dude could be. I'm with you. All right, that's it for us today. Mr. Barker and myself will be doing Blue Jays Talk tonight. We'll be doing it all week. Don't know about Thursday yet, but we'll uh, we'll stay tuned for that. In the meantime, we'll be back tomorrow from 10 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and Sportsnet 360. You already called the five-game sweep. I did. <laughs> it's not a sweep. Five games. I was thinking well, a sweep. It. I was you thinking a sweep, it. but a sweep is four games. Anyhow, for uh, Jen, Mark, Lance, uh, I'm Jeff Blair. Thanks for joining us. I'm Blair and Barker. Have a great afternoon. Go Leafs, go! Can't believe I said that.